Good morning, friends. It's Perrin Lovett, and this is Prepper Post News for Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. Welcome back. It's a happy Thanksgiving week, and we've got uh, getting straight to our featured uh, story of the day. As usual, please uh, leave us a good comment thread uh, section down in the uh, under the video in YouTube. And today, uh, all of the stories I cover can be found at freedomprepper.com and possibly down in the description of the vi video, uh, just below here and just above your comments. Uh, you guys are just doing great lately with those, so we want to keep it going. want to know what you think. And uh, today, I again wrestled with uh, which topic to uh, feature, and I, I went with the one that I had uh, originally... Uh, gone with because it's been in the news uh, the past couple of years, especially this year, and it's just popped up uh, here recently. Uh, but it's it's a long-standing, uh, comprehensive subject, and it is uh, debt cancellation. And specifically, the the story today uh, is all about student loan forgiveness. Um, I'm going to get into that. Got some stories, um, but. If you understand the way uh, the American economy is structured uh, today in the 21st century, it's all based on fake money, uh, debt-issued paper electronic money from the Federal Reserve. I make the, uh, the bold argument that we don't even have real money anymore uh, because real money historically was gold and silver or it was uh, a paper receipt that was linked to gold and silver, in some way supported by something that was intrinsically valuable in and of itself, uh, and also that was very rare. These ones and zeros uh, that are not U.S. dollars, by the, by the United States Code, they are not lawful currency. Um, they're just ones and zeros in a computer. A couple of them make it into your wallet on pieces of paper that do not say United States dollar. They say Federal Reserve Note. And the law is clear that Federal Reserve notes may be redeemed at the Treasury or at a Federal Reserve Bank for lawful currency, which means they are not lawful currency. The Treasury doesn't issue uh, money anymore. I just wrote a paper about this. Um, Got to check the publication date on that. I'll, I'll probably link to it at FP. Very good read. Um, but the last president who ordered money, real money, to be made by the United States government under Article One of the Constitution, lost part of his head in the streets of Dallas. But be that as it may, um, what, what we have is uh, mass fakery, which uh, has, has inflated the money supply out of control. It's led to all those price increases uh, that I've previously talked about, and it's led to a, uh, a cutting in half of real wages over the last 70 years. So, uh, and, and about the legal definition of money, a student loan, promissory note, or any loan contract that you might sign today is denominated in USDs, United States dollars. You sign here and we'll lend you X dollars for whatever purpose. You pay it back with usurious interest. The problem is there are no US dollars to lend. The lender certainly doesn't have any. 
So instead, they pay you with Federal Reserve notes, which technically don't exist either until they're printed up because of the loan. So it's an impossibility and a fraud compounded by the fact that the money for the loan, using money very loosely here, is created by the loan itself. You, on the other hand, have to work for, you know, two, five, ten, thirty years, slaving away, giving up part of your life to pay it back. Um, it's, it's a vicious cycle, and it looks something like, well, really slavery. Um, there's a reason uh, in, in the, the written article today I call this a possible debt jubilee. Uh, biblically, uh, every so often, debts were just scrubbed away, and whether they were real or fake, um, back then they were, they were usually based on hard currency. Um, we're overdue for one. And uh, this, this is not just something uh, that's, that's Christian in nature, or even Western. It's a universal concept, although most of the examples that I know best are Western. Um, for instance, uh, I think Tacitus, we'll say it was Tacitus, told us about a meeting uh, between a young man in Rome and Cato. And the young man was very ambitious, and until recently, ambitious was not a positive accolade. He asked the senator, Senator, what is the most honorable profession a man can enter into? And Cato said, to raise cattle with great success. The young man said, well, what's the next most honorable profession? Cato said, to raise cattle with little success. So the young man just skipped to the, what he really wanted, and he says, well, how about money lending? And Cato said, how about murder? But, and that, there's a reason why under Christian law, uh, Usury falls under the sixth commandment because it's it's uh, you know a slow partial taking of part of somebody's life. In in our case today, to pay back something that doesn't even exist. So uh, it, it's a little more complicated uh, than all of that. Although it's really about that simple. Um, I got some stories to support this. Um, I do want to know what you think. Um, you know, don't don't go into personal detail unless you want to take a position for or against, be neutral, uh, talk about one of the other stories today, just let us know. But here are some, uh, some deadline stories in the news. Um, I guess since about March, uh, we've got 37 million people paying back student loans, and all the payments were suspended because of what the virus did. And now that's, uh, that's coming to an end, even though we're told the virus is worse than ever, and honestly, the economy's not much better. So, what are people to do? Uh, and remember, they say you can't bankrupt these things. Uh, that's not exactly true. Uh, the law and the, uh, the case law say otherwise, but it's a, it's a very rocky road. And um, that's why people are talking about student loan forgiveness. Now, crazy Uncle Bernie Sanders, I guess, started this, uh, if not last year, then I guess in the 2016 campaign, uh, Elizabeth Warren jumped on the bandwagon, and now allegedly Joe Biden is thinking about it. Now, you may not know, but the AP has decided that Joe Biden won the presidential election. And if he's sworn in, he may have to wrestle with this. Um, for his part, Donald Trump and the GOP could have picked this idea up and run with it. The time was ripe. They did not. So uh, if Biden takes a look at it, We'll see what happens. I have a funny feeling, not much, because the the uh, the people who 
the commercial banks and the central bank are extraordinarily powerful and uh, they like to get their way. And it's, you know, it's kind of like George Carlin said, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. And that's what this is. They, the past 107 years, they have essentially sucked all the real value, the ownership out of everything. And they just left, left everybody else holding a, uh, a fake bag of debt that uh, needs to go, in my opinion. It's funny, we're talking about student loans, and we've got this great year of upheaval uh, in all schools, including colleges. And a college education was not recently what it has been at all. So we've got people like the Wall Street Journal uh, staff rethinking uh, what it means to go to college, if people should go, and what they might do uh, as an alternative. So take a look at that. And we even have um, we even have somebody weighing in from the Vatican. Uh, I keep I keep seeing a reference to a, a Pope Francis, um, and I, I'm not sure who that is. I, I know I know we have Pope ben Benedict. But they see Pope Francis says, and then they put up a picture of uh, Jorge Bergoglio. But anyway, uh, Bergoglio says uh, he, he's encouraging young people to reset the economy. And that's, that's a great idea. Um, young people tend to be the most powerless to do things like that. And I'm not exactly sure what he's talking about. But those young people, along with everybody else, would uh, greatly benefit uh, from a kind of reset although not the great reset that uh, so many nefarious kinds of people are talking about. Uh, moving on into, well, no, we can't move on because it's 2020 and only one story is allowed to dominate the headlines, the coronavirus. But we do have somebody from the Catholic Church, a bishop, who is uh, talking about the uh, vaccine. And I know what you guys think about it. That was, that was the best set of comments just about ever. Uh, but this bishop, I think out of California, is, uh, is urging caution uh, to the faithful concerning the, the vaccine, excuse me, the vaccine bandwagon. Um, his, his main concern uh, is that in a lot of these medical tests uh, and a lot of drug development, they use human stem cells. And where do they get them from? Well, from murdering babies. Uh, now, one of the drug companies with this alleged vaccine has come out and stated that they don't use those. There's you know, no stem cell use whatsoever in their medicine. That may or may not be the case. But it's interesting that we have a, uh, at least one leader, and he's not alone, who's urging some restraint and some caution. And that's always a good thing. It's always good to be skeptical of these new claims. It's also mighty good to be skeptical of uh, claims from drug makers because uh, it's a big club. You're not necessarily in it. Take a look at that. Uh, also with the coronavirus, um, you know, this is Thanksgiving week, and the CDC is encouraging everybody to stay home, uh, not to travel, not to gather, not to celebrate, um, just to, you know, remain shut in as you have since March, uh, because we know that Thanksgiving is a super spreader event, uh, just like, um, I guess, motorcycle rallies, football games, uh, Trump rallies most certainly or known super spreader events, uh, you know, you and 20,000 rioters at a peaceful protest, that's okay. That doesn't matter. Um, but this is an AP story. And I, again, I cannot stress enough because I know YouTube will help me. AP has decided the 2020 presidential election for Joe Biden, if, if you didn't already know that. But take a look at their story. Sometimes they do uh, have some honest reporting. 
Got some reporting. Uh, this is an interesting, interesting story about the virus from Bloomberg. And uh, I noticed, you know, originally we were told that somewhere in Wuhan, uh, there was a fish market and somebody ate a, uh, either a bat sandwich or a you know, bat soup or some kind of bat-esque crazy nonsense. And that's where the virus came from. That fell apart. The narrative changes as, a, as it always does. But I, early on, I, I started reading some Chinese medical studies, and there was one from a doctor at the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, taking a uh, trying to do a, a dissection of what this virus is and whether it's you know different than all the others, uh, how it came to be. She's back in the news, and they uh, her name is Xi. I guess that's how you pronounce it. She is a she, and uh, she's called uh, China's Bat Woman. And I guess they put up the you know the coronavirus signal in the sky, and she comes out with her her, her virus-proof outfit, which is not a mask. It's a uh, you know a rubber suit with an air supply. Um, but she is uh, she's been noticing. She's been doing real research uh, while other people have been uh, encouraging this and that. She's been in the lab working. And she's noticed that there are some genetic characteristics that just don't match up. Um, and her conclusion is that, you know, it didn't come from her, her institute. Don't blame her. She just doesn't know. Uh, and that's that's a great point. None of us really know. So uh, take a look at that in Bloomberg. More things we don't know. Um, I call this section clandestine operations. Uh, we have... I think we have 16 or 17 intelligence uh, agencies in the United States, um, the intelligence community, and it's uh, kind of a misnomer because, you know, if you look at it uh, in totality, there's not a lot of intelligence in the intelligence uh, community. But the, uh, the big figurehead is the CIA, which is in, uh, supposed to be clandestine overseas operations both of the spying variety and of the uh, blatantly illegal direct action kind. The U.S. wants a war, but they don't want to engage in a war. Uh, they have paramilitaries to handle that. But they don't like attention. They don't like to be in the news, even though we know that they create a lot of the news. So uh, they're back in the news. Uh, NextGov has a story about the CIA shelling out billions and billions of dollars to a consortium of about five usual sus suspect big tech companies to build a cloud service. We're going to put all our spy information, you know, all this stuff we don't want the world to know about that's classified up in the cloud because that can't be hacked. Um, for all we know, this could be complete BS and they might just want to be, you know, want spend the money. Um, we also don't know, we know that they don't like you to talk about them and that's just what our friend Glenn Greenwald has been doing lately. He, of course, is the founder of The Intercept, uh, who had to leave The Intercept that he founded because it was taken over by a bunch of utterly insane SJWs. Uh, but he's been correctly asserting that the CIA uh, controls, if not all or most, much of the information that our news media runs with every day, every week. Um, that's kind of universally true. Anywhere you have a secret police agency, they're going to get their hands in the news to try to spin it their way. And their way may not be the politicians' way. Lovely mess. This upset people at the CIA, and you have the laggards who are always behind, you know, trying to defend the system. Uh, they're accusing Glenn of uh, endangering lives of journalists because now 
you know, say Iran may look at a, a journalist from NBC or the Associated Press, which, by the way, call the 2020 election for Joe Biden. Uh, and they might say, well, this isn't a real journalist. This is a CIA operative. And he's putting lives in danger um, in an agency in an area that's just known for danger. So and known to create the danger if they can't, you know, never these people, they <laughs> if, if they can't find a monster, they'll make one and then complain about you noticing it. And now I, I come to a story that uh, almost made the feature. Uh, this this part, you might want to put your uh, breakfast down. This, this could be a little unpleasant. Um, I decided to push this down, and it's not the final word. The final word is cute and sweet to, uh, to make up for this. But this, uh, this next to the last word is cannibalism. <laughs> and it's uh, not quite sure how to present this. Don't want to. Don't want to go totally overboard, although your comments may want to be about this story. I'll just read you a news article from Germany. Uh, Berlin investigators have arrested a man on suspicion of murder and cannibalism. That means uh, one human eating another human. Universally frowned upon for some reason. After discovering the bones of a man who disappeared in September. A man accused of eating a man, man-man, eating cannibalism. The suspect, reportedly a high school teacher, I bet it was a government high school too, is believed to have carried out a, <clears throat> what is this, carried out a sexually motivated homicide, according to the public prosecutor. The suspect had an interest in cannibalism, uh, as a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of killers do for some reason. Uh, who was the famous one recently in America that was uh, the stupid little, uh, the worthless school shooter from uh, from Fort Palm Beach, uh, whatever his name was, had a an odd, macabre fascination with cannibalism. But anyway, prosecutors in Berlin uh, told the Associated Press that he searched for this uh, material online. I just want to read a reassert some things from what I've just read to you. Uh, a man and a man, sexual motivation, cannibalism. I'm just going to leave that right there. There's an acronym associated with a certain rainbow, and I'm just wondering at the end of that rainbow, do we need to add a C? Think about that. My friends on the right, uh, God bless them, they're on the right track. They're usually a decade or two behind. Um, how should I put this? The P, P is in uh, Papa, <laughs> in that acronym. That's not next, that's ongoing. They got legislation in California to, uh, to make that legal. I think the C may be next for reasons uh, such as you see hinted around in this, uh, this German story. Not the first time this has been in the news. Uh, if you go back, do an archive search of the Atlantic, they're putting out the feelers for it. Right now, it's funny, ha-ha stuff, kind of the way they've done with all the other issues, uh, just trying to normalize it. And then the next thing you know, while you're still a decade or two behind, here it is. Far-fetched? My God, I hope so. Um, I hope that would be the... <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not against all this other stuff... Maybe that one would finally get your attention. Run with that if you want to. 
Uh, we've got debt and cannibalism, but now we've got the final word. The final word is cute, because I want to leave you on a happy note. There was a little owl. It looks like a baby owl, but it's a full-grown owl, very small, palm-of-your-hand kind of bird. It lived in a happy spruce tree somewhere up north. The spruce tree was cut down recently and trucked down to New York City, where it was featured behind the ice rink at Rockefeller Center, the, the annual Christmas tree. Well, I guess they were unwrapping the tree, and they found the little bitty cute owl who was trapped. And now the owl is free and happy, rehabilitated. Now, he lost his tree, but I'm sure he's getting a lot of attention and apparently has a fan club. I just linked to an NBC News story. You can find him all over, all kinds of pictures. And he's about the cutest owl that I've ever seen. And I see that we are coming up on uh, time. So, uh, folks, I will see you back with another exciting feature or two that we can discuss tomorrow on Wednesday. Have a great day.